here in the in the heat of course it's going to be the hottest day of the year because we uh i think that's good if anybody starts to feel faint or anything socially distance but the ac is on right here in the narthex i'm completely serious make sure you don't risk nothing you know if you if you're feeling hot go in the narthex get a little breezy breeze and uh okay i don't i i kind of i i uh i put sunblock on i, I got spf 2000 on so everything's good um man this is pretty full i want to take a picture hold on um I remember Erlinda and I talking about after the third or fourth time we had planned something and it got canceled because of this COVID thing. She said, I think the first time we get to together, we need to be reminded that we are Easter people. And we didn't get to celebrate Easter together. Um, and it's common around the world on Easter Sunday to be reminded of how we're Easter people by doing a call and response. And I say, Christ is risen. And you respond with, He is risen indeed. Have you ever heard that? Has anybody ever heard that? You guys in the, in the cars, maybe the honk, you know? Christ, not, not yet, not yet, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Hold on. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen! I know we've sufficiently made Phyllis angry, uh, but I, I love you. Okay, you covered your ears. Uh, that's beautiful. It's so good to not be preaching to myself. It's so good to, to not be in my, you know, den and pushing erase. <clears throat> no, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, but we're all together again. This is awesome. I could not, I don't know. I'm about to float off the stage. And wait till you hear the music. When I heard them strum the first couple bars, I started weeping up here. Uh, it's just so good to be back together. I can't even say it enough. Um, does everybody know that September 18th, 1960, is the first time that Presbyterian Church gathered together, and they gathered together on the Orange, Ferry, Orange County Fairgrounds. It's our 60th anniversary year. And so we're, we're planning and we're going to be doing stuff along the way. Of course, the COVID virus is not going to hold that back. Dan, you look like a cop. <laughs> He's got aviator glasses on. I uh, was speeding on the way here, so please forgive me. Now, on the way out, there's going to be baskets at both the check-in centers for your tithes and offerings. I'll remind us at the end of the service. But if you brought your tithes and offerings, there will be baskets on, on your way out. And we're going to exit out the same way that you came if you're in this lot right here because uh, this is just not very safe. I think there's cones actually blocking that off. And then this is our kickoff Sunday, obviously, and we're kicking off a new sermon series also. There's a website called www.blesseveryhome.com. Once again, blesseveryhome.com. And if you log on, you give them your name, your email, your address, they email you on a pretty regular basis names of your neighbors and scriptures to pray over them. And I, I was turned on to this website by Trellis, a local parachurch organization. You've probably heard about them. Um, but I, I took their 
game plan and I made it our sermon series for the fall of 2020. And their game plan is first pray. Pray for your neighbors. That's what on all of September we're going to be studying the prayers of the New Testament specifically with the focus how do we turn this and pray for the people that God has placed us amongst. And then in October we're going to talk about care. Now that we're getting to know our neighbors, how do we care? How do we enlarge in our hearts? How do we have God enlarge in our hearts to love the people that God has placed us in the midst of? And then in November, share. And um, that's obvious. Because the, the end goal is to be equippers, grace dispensers, right? Show God. Show the people that God has placed around us that we're forgiven and we, we, we're just so full of grace that it spills out over all of the people that run into us. So hopefully you'll join us. I think we're going to be doing a drive-in next week. I'm not even sure. I think we're just waiting to see if this thing blows up. And uh, so far, so good. Is anybody on fire yet? It's hot. <laughs> okay. And by the way, I, I'm not wearing sunglasses because I think I'm cooler than you. It's because I can't see. It's, it's, really, it's really hot up here. It's nice. It's really nice, balmy, hot, hot worship, like hot yoga. Anywho, um, I need to quiet my heart because I'm really, really excited. So let's still our hearts and hear from God's word uh, our call to worship this morning. It comes from Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Let his faithful people rejoice in his honor. Let us worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. The, the, the lyrics to the song that we're going to be singing, How Great Is Our God and um, How Great Thou Art, are on the back of your little half-sheet bulletin. Um, let's worship the Lord. Well, this is a first. Who would have thought... When 2020 started, we'd be having worship in the parking lot like the old movie drive-in days. It's it's kind of nostalgic. You know, 60 years ago, many of you remember, and this was kind of normal on a Friday or Saturday night to go out and sit in your cars and collectively enjoy Hollywood entertainment. Well... Now we get to collectively join our hearts together in our own little parking spaces, our cars, and unify in spirit and in truth. For let's face it, there really is no separation between us. And the same spirit that dwells within and around us, the spirit of God, is in your car, is on this lawn, is on this slab of cement and even up where Jason's perched. (laughs) So you know this song, we've sung it many times, but just in in your cars or wherever you're seated today or laying down or standing, 
Let's just put our the busyness of our minds to rest. And let's communicate with our words and our hearts with that same spirit that unifies us together. Let's sing. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty All the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide He trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Play that through for us, would you? Sing that second verse. And age to age he stands. Here we go. And age to age he stands. And time is his hands. Beginning and the end. Beginning and the end. The Godhead three one. Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. Sing it out. Here we go. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great. God, for the name above all names, you are worthy of our praise, so our hearts will sing how great. For the name above all names, you are worthy of our praise. So our hearts will sing how great is our God. So sing how great is our God, how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. The 
my soul and sing my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art and sings my soul my Savior God to thee how Our God, sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Good morning. <laughs> it is so good to have you guys all here. I will be giving the children's message. When I am finished with the prayer, all the children may meet us here at the gate for um, Sunday school. Has there ever been a time in your life when you needed someone to give you a helping hand? How about when you first began to try to tie your own shoes? Did you need someone to help you? I know I did. It was probably your mom or your dad and they worked patiently with you until you were able to do it all by yourself. How about when you got your first bike? Didn't your dad run alongside and hold you up? When you began to learn to read, did you just pick up a book and start reading? Of course not. Someone probably helped you. Did any of you need any help learning how to play soccer? There are always going to be times when you need help, even when you are a grown-up. Today's Bible lesson is about a time when the disciples of Jesus needed a helping hand. One disciple in particular, whose name was Simon Peter. He had been a long, it had been a long hard day for Jesus and his disciples. And after the disciples had helped Jesus feed more than 5,000 people with only five loaves of bread and two small fish, Jesus told them to get into their boat and go on ahead. Jesus then went up on a mountainside to be alone and to pray. Later that evening, the disciples weren't quite far out on the lake when the, began, when the wind began to blow and the waves began to bounce their boat around on the water. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to the disciples, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they cried. Jesus immediately spoke to them, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Peter spoke up, Lord, if it is really you, Tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus answered. So Peter climbed out of the boat and started walking on the water towards Jesus. But when he started looking around and saw the waves being blown about by the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. Lord, save me, he cried. Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter. Why did you doubt? Jesus asked. So you see... Even a grown-up fisherman like Simon Peter needed a hand from Jesus when it came to walking on the water. 
you and I may face some pretty rough times in our life, but as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, he will always be there to give us a hand. Pray with me. Father, help us to remember that you are always there when we need a helping hand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I feel like before you start, Amy, can you hear me, Philip? Excellent. Um, if you're a student and you'd like to meet with student ministries, they're on the other side of the, the campus in that little courtyard. I don't even know the names of these things. On the other side of Fellowship Hall, there's an outside space. That's where the students are. Good morning. From Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. In your bulletins is our prayer of confession. Let us confess our sins against God and neighbor together. Merciful God, in your gracious presence, we confess our sin and the sin of this world. Although Christ is among us as our peace, we are a people divided against ourselves as we cling to the values of a broken world. The profit and pleasures we pursue lay waste the land and pollute the seas. The fears and jealousies that we harbor set neighbor against neighbor and nation against nation. We abuse your good gifts of imagination and freedom, of intellect and reason, and have turned them into bonds of oppression. Lord, have mercy on us. Heal and forgive us. Set us free to serve you in a world as agents of your reconciling love in Jesus Christ. The Lord God, through the prophet Isaiah, says, I have swept away your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Brothers and sisters, this is the good news of the gospel. Believe that your sins are forgiven and redeemed through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. It kind of feels wrong to not sing the doxology right there. Danny, are you around anywhere? Maybe he went out roller skating? I'll start, I'll start us. How about that? Praise God from, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thanks, Danny. I thank you, God, right? Oh, man. This is crazy, right? You thought I sweated a lot before. I don't think sweated is a word. You think I sweat a lot before. Now, look at this. This is going to be crazy. But it, it's good that you guys are all way back there because... I look pretty good from back there. How about how about that white van? Do I look pretty good? Anybody, yeah. Okay, good job. Shout out to the back. If you guys start to get like, eh, you're probably fine in your AC. Never mind. Um, like I said, we're going to be going on this journey, this adventure about 
how do we pray for our neighbors? And we're going to be drilling in. We're going to be uh, focusing on God's word specifically through that lens. Um, God doesn't make mistakes. And he has us where he has us for a reason. And I think, and actually the New Testament calls us to over and over, to think strategically about where God has placed us. Um, so put your theological thinking caps on and get ready for a ride. I'm, I, I couldn't be more fired up. And this is actually safer probably than me on the stage because, you know, I, I can't fall off the stage. Anyhow, or I, I can't fall off this. Um, we're starting with John 17. And before we get to the text, I asked the staff, what's your favorite prayer in the New Testament? And Elsie Hara quickly responded, John 17. So that's enough reason for me. Elsie uh, Hara, good job. Shout out to my teammate and friend. And amazing. Yeah, that was her horn. Um, and before we get to the text, I'd just like to say, um, keep in mind when Eugene Peterson translated John into the New Testament as, as the message, um, he translated that first chapter where it says uh, God sent his, the word and the word became flesh and he sent us among us. He translates that and says God sent his son and his son moved into the neighborhood. Have that in your mind as Jesus prays for us. Let's turn our Bibles to John 17. And if you don't have a Bible, um, listen to me as I read it. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I'm asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me. Because they are yours. All mine are yours. And yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I, regard, I guarded them and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that the scripture might be fulfilled. 
But now I'm coming to you. And I speak these things in the world complete. A world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I ask not only to, on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word. That's us, ladies and gentlemen. That they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made them I made your name known to them and I will make it known so that the love with, with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can honk on that one too. Thanks be to God, yeah. Phyllis, you love it? That was a long text and we'll be here for the next three or four hours. Everybody okay with that? Okay, order that, order her up. Um, who wants pizza? No, I just mess it. Let's do this, right? Let's, I, we're, we're moving towards the communion table. I'm kind of connected with you. You're kind of connected with me. I love this. I can't believe right now. I, anyway, it's a lightning rod, and I can't even contain myself. I should look at these notes. Hold on. First of all, I, I'm of the mind. I had a professor at Fuller Theological Seminary. I I quote him all the time. His name's Todd Bolsinger. And he says, and I'm of the same accord, I think this should be called the Lord's Prayer because this is the prayer that the Lord has for us. The other prayer should be maybe the disciples' prayer. But I think it's with church history. I think uh, we're going to keep calling our Father who art in heaven. That's going to be the Lord's Prayer. And uh, this will be just the prayer that Jesus prays for us. But if it were my, if it was up to me, I would call this the Lord's Prayer. Because, pause for a second. If you're near somebody, turn and look at them. And just say, Jesus Christ prayed for you. The Son of God, the Alpha and the Omega, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, took time out of his life on earth to talk to his father about you. I think I've told this story before, but I don't know. You guys are 
got a lot of older, a little, little bit older in the congregation, so you probably have forgotten. So I'm hoping that you kind of forgotten. But a few years ago, I went down to SeaWorld. Do you remember this story? I went down to SeaWorld to see Shamu. Have you ever seen Shamu? Yeah, it's a big killer whale. I don't know. I don't think SeaWorld's open, but and it's probably illegal now to encage in, in these beautiful creatures. But anyway, back then, I'm at the SeaWorld, and they're doing their tricks and all that stuff. And then at the end of the show, you get to walk around, and they're just swimming around in the tank. Have you ever been there? Honk if you've ever been to SeaWorld and you've been to that place. All of a sudden, Shamu, actually, I think it was Namu. You know, like there's Shamu, Namu, and Mamu? I think it was Namu. Namu comes up to the glass, and he stares at me. I'm pretty sure he was looking straight at me. And I w this was in the 90s, and I was a college kid, and I still had my moves. I started breakdancing, and I'm pretty sure that Namu was impressed with how good of a dancer I was. Pause and go back to this text. God of the universe turns and looks at you and me and says, I want to pray for them. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about Unetta. I want to talk to you about Phyllis. I want to talk to you about Jason. The God of the universe prays for you and I. And what's his first, I think, if you were to pull out one theme, what's his theme? Unity. If you were to pull out the one common thread through that whole prayer is make them united. As you and I, this is Jesus Christ and God the Father, as you and I are one, make them that same one. Uh, it's hard to feel like one right now, isn't it? But this is the closest we've gotten in 25 weeks. Look around. Look around. No, seriously. Look around. It reminds me of Barry Martinez. My friend always says, get out of here. No, no, seriously, get out of here. Anyway, <laughs> look around. We are one. I, I don't know. Danny's mentioned it this morning. And I'm pretty sure you've probably had the thought, this is the most disunified our country's ever been. Jesus' prayer request is, is saying, but not here it isn't. Not here it isn't. Not when it's amongst my followers. The car next to you could be a Democrat. The car next to that could be a Bernie Sanders promoter. But the moment you drive into this place, the moment you sit in one of these chairs, the moment you step on this kingdom outpost where God reigns and no one else, you are brothers and sisters. Amen, right? You can honk too. <laughs> you are brothers and sisters. I feel like if Jesus were to show up today, the first thing would be, knock it off, kids. You're acting like a bunch of morons. Who's ever had kids? <laughs> Who's ever had them like just fighting each other and wanting to stab each other and like choking each other? Okay, there's a couple honest, but there's a couple liars out there. I see a couple of you guys aren't raising your hands. These kids are awesome, but they're also 
disunified. And the same with us. Get over yourself. Yesterday. What's another theme that runs through? Look at verses 15 through 17. Jesus says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Notice, Jesus doesn't want to retreat, want us to retreat. Jesus doesn't want us to move when things get difficult. Jesus has us in the neighborhood. He has us. And he's praying for you and I. And he's saying, I don't, don't move them. But keep them safe in the midst. It reminds me when Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount, how we're wheat among weeds. That's why it's absolutely essential. This is preaching to the choir. But it's absolutely essential that you're here. Because we need to remind one another what wheat is all about. I'm about to do a... uh, I've done a Zoom memorial. And it looks like I'm going to be doing a Zoom wedding in a little bit. It might be in person. It might be far enough out. But it looks like it... It's going to be some Zoom people there. Um, But a part of every premarital counseling I've ever done is you need to get around to church. You need to make, you need to go through life with a community. Jesus is saying, we have each other. We are united. Remind one another on a regular basis that this world isn't our home. We march to the drum of a different drum master. I don't know how that saying goes. Um, And then notice, right in there, I think it's happened almost every Sunday that I've preached here. Read your Bibles. We're Easter people and we're people of the word. How is God going to transform your insides? How are you going to start praying for your neighbor? Well, deep underneath it is rooted. He reminds them over and over that you're loved by the Father just like the Father loves Jesus Christ. But then he says right here, that the word is going to be the way that I'm going to reach inside them and shape their souls so that they're holy. That's what sanctify means, to be made holy. Another theme, and this is the last one. Not only that, but we are placed on the offense in our neighborhoods. Look at verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world.
our being in our neighborhoods and our praying for our neighbors is rooted in the very character of God himself. We worship a missio dei, ascending God. One theologian put it, uh, the greatest news of the Bible is that God cared enough to send his son. God is ascending God. He sent his son so that we might be his people sent. How do we apply this? We pause and we sit in the truth that Jesus Christ prayed for you. That the Son of God, like Namu on that day, <laughs> turns and looks at each and every one of us. He prayed for you and your protection in this world and in your neighborhood. We read our Bibles. that God might continue to shape and sanctify us, make us into who we were designed to be. We are sent ones into our neighborhoods by ascending God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Spirit, I pray that we would sear upon our souls the truth. Your Son, Jesus the Christ, prayed for each and every one of us. I pray that you would equip us with the grace that has been poured out lavishly upon us. Equip us with the love that you, your son not sparing, displayed on the cross through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We pray that we would harness these very intentional, very purpose-driven truths that you might use us. And it's going to start small. In Jesus' name, amen. As we prepare our hearts for the table, I hope I didn't freak anybody out. <laughs> but I also, I want you to know, starting somewhere is the important thing. Get to know your mailman's name. Get to know your neighbors around to the north, south, east, west. Start lifting them up. As your Savior prays for you, pray for them. Let's cry together that God might make us clean and clean our hearts. Creating me a clean heart, O Lord, my God. 
and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord my God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, my God, and renew a right spirit within me, within me. Before we get into our communion, you were all given a little pod when you came in the gate. When it's time to take the bread, you'll peel the top cap off and you'll find a little wafer inside there for the bread. Then when it's time to share the cup, you'll peel off the other little cap and the juice will be there available for you. So you have everything you need to take communion in this one little piece. I'd like to share with you a scripture from Ephesians. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. In these days when COVID-19 has kept us from being in physical proximity with other believers, we need to hear the good news of Ephesians 2 and consider its implications for our lives. Because of Christ, 
We are fellow citizens with God's people, whether physically with them or not. We belong not just to God, but also to the community of those who have pledged their allegiance to God through Christ. Because of what Christ has done through Jesus Christ and his reconciling death, we have become fellow citizens. We are the family of God. And even in these weeks of not gathering together for worship, we have been built together to become a dwelling place for God, a church. Before his arrest, Jesus spoke to the crowd saying, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. As followers and part of the community of believers, Jesus invites us to come to the table and be filled. <coughs> Will you pray with me? Eternal God, creator of the world and giver of all good, we thank you for the earth, our home, and for the gift of life. We praise you for your love in Jesus Christ, who came to heal this broken world, who died rejected on the cross and rose triumphant from the dead. Because he lives, we live to praise you, our God, forever. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and wine. Make them the body and blood of Christ that we may be his body for the world. By your spirit, make us one with him and one another. Send us out to live for others as Christ lived for us and keep us faithful until we feast with him in glory. All thanks and praise to you, O triune God, now and forever. Amen. Hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread. And after giving thanks to God, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Acting in his name, I say to you, take, eat. This is the body of Christ. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be fulfilled. The blood of Christ 
shed for you. Take and drink. Pray with me. Nourishing God, thank you for inviting us to your table where all are welcome and for feeding us with the bread of life and quenching our thirst with a cup of blessing. As you have filled our lives with love and hope, may we be a source of your love and hope for others who hunger and thirst for good news. Amen. Danny, Lord's Prayer. Let's do it. I didn't know if we were singing or speaking it, so we are going to sing it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Man, I miss holding people's hands, don't you? But it's so good to be here. Thank you so, so much for joining us this morning. Uh, reminder, if you have tithes and offerings, drop them in the baskets on your way out. Uh, know that you got a pastor that's grateful to God for each of you. I'm your biggest fan. I'm in your corner. Uh, if anybody, if you're able, please stand. If you're not, if you're in a car, maybe, I don't know what you should do. Maybe stretch your legs or something. Maybe cross them. I don't know. And receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power in the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Amen. Thank you again.